Welcome to the official podcast where the bombs get thrown. I'm your host, May Shayla Bogan, and I introduce to you the Mike Bomb Podcast. Enjoy. edition of the Mike Bomb Podcast. This is your host, me, Shayla, and I am now doing this episode with Um, Mike, introduce yourself. Yeah, you know what? It's appropriate that it's called the Mike Bomb because I think I saw you had on Mike Asty last week and now you've got Mike Nicasio, so I think you have to have mics on every week just to, <laughs> to fill the title of your show, but <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for having me on. Uh, it's always fun talking Steelers football in any capacity, even though it hasn't been as fun recently. Um, I'm the co-founder of YenzerCrazy.com and the Yenzer Crazy podcast. Hope everybody checks it out. Uh, more Pittsburgh-based site and podcast that does a lot of Steelers work. We have the Chris Wormley show every week where we talk to uh, the Steelers starting defensive linemen. Uh, you can subscribe to us on YouTube over at Yenzer Crazy and have some fun with us. Oh, wow. That's actually interesting. I will, I will actually be tuning into that podcast because I want to hear actually what a Steeler player would have to say about pretty much what's been going on lately, which is why I brought you up here. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's why it's cool because we get an inside locker room perspective. It's not just like people guessing, right? It's, yeah, it's actually somebody assuming. who's like, yeah, this is what's going on, right? Well, speaking of what's going on, you might you might know you might know a thing or two better than I can better than I do. So with that being said, do you possibly have like any clue if there's any miscommunication between the starting quarterback Ben Roethlisberger and offensive coordinator Matt Canada? Because it just seems as in the play calling that something is just off. I don't know whether it's Ben's arm. I don't know whether it's Ben's thinking. Or maybe he believes that you're supposed to do one play and then you do another. Is it Canada's play calling? Like, what is going on? Because what I saw from the Green Bay game at the end, it's like the entire offense, not only are they tired of losing, which they should be, but they also getting tired of the play calling. That's that's what many people were speculating. So do you possibly have, like, any clue of what's going on there? Or what can be going on? 
Yeah, I think you, you pretty much summed it up because you named a handful of things, and, and that's the problem, is that it's not exactly just one thing. It truly is a handful of things that is uh, challenging the, the Steelers right now. It's a combination of you know, the fact that, I keep mentioning, this team spent all offseason trying to design an offense centered around Ben Roethlisberger, who's obviously a 39-year-old quarterback who lacks mobility, who, of course, is nowhere near as good as he once was, but still can be a competent quarterback and win games in the NFL. He proved that last season. He had a really good year. Uh, and he proved that week one against Buffalo, too. And Definitely. made some plays. So they centered an entire offseason around focusing on him, right? And part of that was the running game. And, you know, I, I don't have a bad word to say about Najee Harris. I think he's a really good player. But the facts are the Steelers are still dead last in the NFL in rushing. And it's not particularly close. So that hasn't helped Ben whatsoever, right? The other thing that they focused on, obviously, was the offensive line. They lost Marquise Pouncey and David DeCastro, two guys who were stalwarts on that line for a while. And a lot of fans and media said, you know what, they were at the end of their career anyway. It's time to, to revitalize that position, and hopefully it'll get better. And in fact, it's gotten so much worse, right? So that's another reason why Ben Roethlisberger has struggled. And then I think you mentioned the name Matt Canada. I, I think he's a little bit in over his head, to be completely honest with you. This is a, a guy who... Um, his highest degree of success was offensive coordinator um, at Pitt. That was when he had his, his best year. You know, he had some, yeah. some decent years in Maryland, but at NC State, he was fired. At LSU, he was fired. And, you know, I think he kind of was in a good spot as quarterback's coach with the Steelers. It's kind of the, the you know, the position level he should have been in given his resume. Um, and at the time, I thought it, he wasn't ready to be the offensive coordinator. And it's, showing its head through four games because nobody could say he's done a good job. I mean, the Steelers haven't scored more than 17 points in all four games. Yeah. Uh, so it's a combination of all of those parts not working, right? If I would have told you before the season that the offensive line was going to be worse, the Steelers were still going to be dead last in running, <laughs> and the offensive play calling would not really change drastically, you would have been like, I think Ben is going to stink too. So I'm not surprised that he's been bad. And, you know, I think the good thing for them is it can only go up from here because quite literally it can't get much worse in terms of how thin and the lack of running game. Yeah, actually, you just pretty much spoke my mind for me because I think, like, a lot of fans, and this might be an unpopular opinion here, but I think they're really too harsh on Ben. Because many people are now starting to compare him to Peyton Manning in his last year. Tom Brady, you know, right now. But I think it's safe to say that Peyton was behind a better offensive line in a better offensive system. Along with a better running game. And Tom Brady is vice versa with him right now in Tampa Bay. I think that's partially why Brady left Foxborough. Because he understood that, you know, the Patriots were no longer building an offense around him that would cater to him. So I think, like, he just said, you know what? I'm going to go somewhere else where my word does matter, where it is appreciated, and it paid out well for him so far. If great you're point, ben, Shay. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. So if you're Ben Roethlisberger 
and you and obviously you may not be active on social media but he has like a facebook page that he has people run for him bigben7.com i believe it is along with a twitter so i'm pretty sure he has people that are informing him of what's being said and obviously every time you turn on your tv you're gonna hear slander left and right he's been hearing it for nearly a year now since the wild card lost to cleveland if you're him where would you go from here like he's saying that he's not quitting he's saying that he needs to work on his lower mechanics things like that he has a black and blue hip um uh i must say maybe like a slight left pec injury so if you're him where would you go from here would you keep putting your faith in your offensive line or would you just say you know what i already won my rings you guys are the ones that got something left to prove let me just leave you guys and let me be let me not be the problem and depart now and just leave you guys to figure it out because clearly based on what the fans are saying, the media is saying, I'm not the answer in the building. And no one else behind me is. So let me just let me just be the answer elsewhere. If you're Ben Roethlisberger, what would you be thinking right now? And how would you come out week five versus Denver? It's a great question. Uh, and, and, you know, I think the way what you said, what he might be, is the way he might be feeling right now in terms of oh crap did i make a mistake did i you know uh, did, did did i not realize how poor this offensive line was prior to coming back for my potential swan song right i wanted to to you know run off into the sunset after winning a super bowl uh and, and if that wasn't possible with the steelers was it really worth playing another year so i, I do wonder if there's a little bit of that going through his head right now. But listen, this is still Ben Roethlisberger at the end of the day. He's such a serious competitor. We've known this guy for 17, 18 years in Pittsburgh right now. You know, my guess, if I was in his shoes, the first thing on his mind still is the Denver Broncos, the matchup this week. It's still very early in the season. Obviously, things have not gone well to this point whatsoever. But, you know, I keep reminding people that just a few years ago, we saw a Pittsburgh Steelers team where Ben Roethlisberger went down, got hurt, um, ended up missing the season, needing that uh, elbow surgery. Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges filled in. Granted, it was behind a good offensive line, but they started 0-3 that season, not even 1-3. and um, And and started 0-3 and, and was were one game shy of making the playoffs ultimately. They lost their last two games. If they would have won one of those two, they would have been in the playoffs. So it, it's not over by a long shot. And I think that's the first thing he's thinking is, hey, listen, I'm in this now, right? Like, I'm I'm deep into this. How's it going to look for me if I walk away from a group of guys that I've, you know, been, you know, talking up all off season? guys that I've told that I've got their back no matter what, guys that I've told that, you know, everybody just has to be good, uh, you know, and then we'll be great together. You know, what kind of message, what kind of optics would that look like outside of the organization and inside of the organization if he just yeah. walked away? So I don't, I don't think that's a possibility whatsoever. I... I see him sticking it out. I think they can beat Denver. Um, but these two games are absolutely critical for, obviously, just this season and Ben Roethlisberger. If they lose both games and fall to 1-5, and five, this season's over. There's there's no question about it. And then there's no point in, in having a 39-year-old quarterback finish out a season in which you're just not going to make the playoffs or win the Super Bowl. So, listen, at that point, if if they are 1-5, I could, I could absolutely see – 
uh, situation similar to Eli Manning a handful of years ago where, you know, he, he uh, his team wasn't doing well. He had reached the end of the road, and he was replaced, supplanted by Daniel Jones. Granted, they had a first-round rookie quarterback. But, but like I said, what's the point of playing a Ben Roethlisberger games, you know, 7 through 17 if this is a 1-5 in five football team? So, Definitely. you know, it, it, in Ben's shoes, he's thinking they're going to win. I'm sure he's such a competitor. He thinks he could turn this thing around and get this team to the playoffs and win a Super Bowl. Um, and, and listen, also, you know, everybody complained last year because they started hot and finished poorly. He probably thinks there's a chance that the opposite happening, right? Wouldn't you rather end the season on a high note than start the season on a high note? Yes. So, yes. so listen, maybe, maybe he thinks they're just getting it out of the way right now and, and they have to turn a corner because it can't be any worse. Like I said, on the offensive line and running game. And if they start stacking some wins, get hot towards the end of the season, who the heck knows what can happen? That's probably right. his mindset right now. Honestly, well, that is his mindset. He's obviously thinking the right way because many people had Kansas City as the favorites to go back to the Super Bowl. And they're now 2-2, two and two, and they're at the bottom of their division just like the Steelers. Um, they only have one more victory than Pittsburgh, but obviously played easier opponents, in my opinion. With that being yeah. said, it's like... You To me, you made a great point when you mentioned the Chiefs and things like that. Fans came and attacked you, but what they don't understand, they poke fun of Ben's QBR rating. But you got quarterbacks like Baker Mayfield, who's dealing with a way better team offensively than Ben Roethlisberger is right now with a 39.3 QBR rating, according to ESPN. You have Joe Burrow with a 55, Lamar with a 59. You know... I don't think any quarterbacks in the AFC North is looking sharp right now. The Bengals, the Browns, the Ravens are obviously 3-1. and one, But the real question is, how long is that going to last if your quarterback, you know, can't produce? Because say if the Steelers offensive line some way do turn this around, like you said, and they start off and they pretty much end the season how they started off the season last year. But in order to do that, they'll have to win – Obviously, 11, 12 games, I think they can do that. Um, I'm looking at more like 10 and 11 games, but I think you I think you have I think you made a great point when you also said that if you're I'd rather this team get their losses out of the way first and then come back, start off red hot, kick up because I just hated when the team collapsed. December and then either not make the playoffs or go one and done in the playoffs. I'd rather this team just get the losses out the way first or don't. I agree with you. Don't lose the last, the last two. You want to go into your bye week either two and four or three and three. I prefer three and three. One, because you're 500. Two, you won't be that behind in division because you don't know how these final two weeks is going to play out. They said Baker has, I think, a torn muscle or something in his shoulder. It doesn't need repaired. Adam Schefter, I believe, just reported that on Twitter. So you don't know how this is going to play out. With Jarvis Landry out for, for a couple of games, Odell's not obviously back to his normal self. Him and Baker still got some miscommunication. The running game could be neutralized within, you know, the next week or two in Cleveland. Baltimore doesn't have a running game at all, so if Lamar gets neutralized, they obviously won't be the same team. Cincinnati, I believe, like, really shocked me because I don't think anyone saw a 3-1 start for the Bengals coming and them leading the AFC North Division, especially because they were projected to come dead last behind Pittsburgh. 
So with that being said, how do you think the Steelers can finish off? Like, where do you see their record being? Yeah, I, I think at this point, you hit on it. Chris Wormley told us it this past week, too. They, they want to get to 3-3. Three and three. That That's the first goal is win these next two games at home. And then I think if you do that, it restores a little bit of, of good faith right around the team, at least. Everybody has a much better feeling going into that bye week and saying, hey, listen, maybe they did get some things corrected. Uh, it, you know, Maybe it was just a few bad bounces and, and bad yeah. luck against the Raiders, Green Bay, and, and Cincinnati. But, um, but what's yeah, but, funny, Roethlisberger actually warned everyone that this was going to happen. It's like he obviously didn't want them to be 1-3. Ben's not used to having a losing season, but he told you it was going to be rocky, but it's going to get better yeah. as it goes on. Yeah, and I said the same thing before the season. I said, Steeler fans, don't hit the panic button, right? This is a completely new offensive system, a new line with rookies starting. You got Dan Moore, left tackle, a rookie fourth-round pick. You got Kendrick Green, a rookie third-round pick at center. Uh, that That's unheard of, right? How is a guy going to step in in his first few weeks that, um, you know, don't come with that type of pedigree and don't have the experience and just be, uh, you know, Pro Bowl caliber player like, uh, yeah. you know, a Villanueva was at one point. I mean, it wasn't recently, but uh, yeah, I said the same thing. And I think the Buffalo win actually got a lot of pe- gave a lot of people false hope. <laughs> you know, I, it would be more interesting to see if they lost that game and then you know maybe won one of the two Raiders Bengals games and um, ended up losing the the you know the Packers as well. I think everybody would be like, all right, that's that's kind of what we expected from this team so far. Uh, but obviously now you're you're seeing a lot of people that were like, hey, they they have the recipe to win, so why haven't they done it recently? Yeah. Um, because of what they pulled off week one against Buffalo. Uh, to answer your question, I think a best case scenario for this team at this point would be ten wins. That would mean that you go nine and what nine and four the rest of the season, which is a a tall ask right now for a team that is struggling to the degree that they are struggling especially considering they still have to play Baltimore twice, Cleveland twice, the Kansas City Chiefs toward the end of the season. Yeah, they, they go, actually got Cleveland yeah, off of the bye in Cleveland. To the Chargers as well is, is not easy. They're playing some really good football. Their quarterback, Justin Herbert, is so good. Um, so, I mean, right now, this team going 9-4 and four seems like a long shot. But I also think you could have a team in the AFC make the playoffs with nine wins, maybe even eight wins because it's, it's – there's a lot of been, been a lot of parity this year. It's a very competitive league. Definitely. Um, I, you know, like I said, if these they, they have to get better only because they can't get any worse. And it's not like this glowing review, right? This re-endorsement for them necessarily. But I, I, I truly believe that they will get better because they have to. Whether that results in ultimately a team that you know tells people that they can compete into the playoffs, I, I don't know to be determined. I think that's still probably unlikely after this start, but. You know, if everybody gets healthy, the defense is still going to be really, really good. They have elite players at elite positions. They have yeah. Steph on to it. He's getting closer to returning. Uh, obviously, Tyson Alulu's injury has been significant, but, um, you know, some guys have stepped up to, to help fill that void. Devin Bush is, is healthy. He needs to be better. Minka Fitzpatrick has actually dropped a few interceptions he should have made this year, but I'm not worried about the defense, really. This is an offense that has to find some identity. Starting Definitely. with Matt Canada and Ben Roethlisberger, you know, obviously you can't continue to throw short of first down sticks on fourth down. <laughs> you know, that's something that you learn in like fifth grade. And um, that's what I know, was saying. It's embarrassing. Right. 
Um, because a lot of people try to put more blame on Ben than Matt Canada. But when you saw the first drive of the Green Bay game, it's like, see, now this is the arm that I knew he still had in him. This is what works because, okay, go back to the Colts game last year. How did the Steelers get back in that game? They went no huddle, play action. Yes, they threw short passes here and there. Yes, they ran the day, which they opened up the running game. But what opened up the running game? It was the play calling where they ran no huddle, play action, go stretch the field, throw the ball deep. Ben, obviously, and this may be an unpopular opinion, but he still got the arm. You know, I think he received too much slander from the Juju incident because this may be in another unpopular opinion, but those catch those passes were catchable. It was not eight feet or five feet ahead of Juju. Those were like not even a foot away from Juju. It was pretty much Juju by himself. So it's like if that was Antonio Brown, that ball would have been caught. If that was Antonio Holmes or Heinz Ward, that would have been caught. So why all of a sudden, let's not act like we didn't see passes like that that wasn't supposed to be touchdowns leading to touchdowns. Been through passes right. like that before. And I think that's what a lot of fans didn't realize because they're used to seeing passes like that, you know, throw touchdowns. Even Juju had to take some blame because he even said it. He did not run the route correctly because the ball was supposed to get placed like that. He just ran the wrong route. But yet everyone just straight up be like, no, no, no. Ben, 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 Ben. You want the man to throw the ball deep? You wanted him to put it in a position where only the receiver can catch it? Because to me, if he would have thrown that ball any shorter or would have thrown that ball any closer, it could have possibly been intercepted. But yeah, it's it's easy to blame the quarterback. You know, he's obviously the guy who's the, the most pivotal position on the field. He's always going to get the blame when the team is losing. That's that's just generally yeah, always going to happen. It's like the it's goalie sad. in hockey. You know, it, it's it's the it, it's exactly you know what he would expect at this point in his career. If the team's underperforming and the offense isn't playing well, it's not going to fall on a Najee Harris or a Kendrick Green or even a Mike Tomlin or Matt Canada. It's generally going to fall on Ben Roethlisberger first. Uh, and it has. And you know what? Part of it is justified because he hasn't been great. And who knows at the end of the day if, if you know, Juju ran the wrong route, if Ben just missed him. Part of part of even, you know, just being open in the National Football League is you just got to hit your guy, right? Um, even, even if it's just... Even if he did run a wrong route or got misrouted by a defender by just a few yards, I, I don't think there are, there are too many excuses for those overthrows. But you make a great point. You know, his throw to Deontay Johnson for that first touchdown was perfect. It was a dime. He actually had a couple throws late to James Washington that were darts that still showed, showed his arm strength. Exactly. So does he still have arm strength? A hundred percent. And is he still smart and savvy? Absolutely. So something in the recipe, in the mix, is just not clicking right now because yeah. it, you know I, I still think obviously he has what it takes to be a good quarterback because I saw it last year right um it's like I'm gonna just go here I think what really went wrong in the Green Bay game and this may be be me by myself with this or you but I think that what really went wrong is plain as simple as this they went away from what they deviated from what works. It's clear as day that you have some of the best deep threat receivers in the league, deep route runners, but yet you're not 
using them the way you should be. Deontay Johnson, Clarence Day, to me, is either him or Claypool that's receiver number one. Because I think Shannon Sharp hit it on the nail last year. And I was kind of hurt because I'm like, you're not even giving Juju a fair chance here. But based on what I'm seeing from Deontay, based on what I saw from Claypool in the past two years, what I'm seeing from the from what I saw in the few years from James Washington, who I think should get tons of playing time, and Ben spoke on that recently. Um, I just think that Juju personally is a bona fide number two. It yeah, he he's not a number one, and there's nothing wrong with being a number two receiver because to me a great. Good to a great receiver is a good to a great receiver. But it's those who are meant to be number ones, like who are meant to have all the attention, and then it's those who are meant to be number twos. And Juju is meant to be number twos. And I'm a, and it's like, if he wasn't, you would not... I see a lot more promise in Claypool. I see a lot more Deontay. Obviously, Deontay Johnson put his full dedication to this because even though the Steelers receivers are still leading the league in drops Deontay Johnson has been targeted like 35 times or maybe more than that and has not dropped the ball at all this year no matter how the throw was no matter anything he has literally caught every single pass from Ben thrown towards him so when you think about that and when you see like the work the work ethic in him can you really blame Ben Roethlisberger for this? And then you see the play calling. You see, like, the big Ben that you know within the arm from the first drive. And then, obviously, from the game last year with the Colts, last week against the Bengals when they were able to get in the red zone or were able to get on the Bengals' side of the field. You saw with the Raiders the same thing. You even saw with Buffalo game a little. So when you understand that, okay, this is clearly what works because this is what opens up the running game. Don't you think Matt Canada deserves a lot of blame for deviating from what works? And not only him, but Mike Tomlin as well, due to the fact that he's seeing what works. And yet it's not, it's like he's not putting any effort towards correcting Matt Canada on, you know, pursuing with that. Right. And I don't think you can necessarily, you know, blame the injuries on the offense's lackluster performance, right? They're, you're always going to have guys miss sometime. You know, whether it's Deontay Johnson who missed week two or Chase Claypool who missed week four, that, that's not something that is, you know, just this, this, you know, unforeseen happening in the NFL. It happens every week, right? Like, look at the Titans last week, missed both A.J. Brown, Julio Jones. You know, you have yeah. players across the league who are going down weekly. So, uh, you know, it, it's an even playing field generally in, in terms of, of the injuries. But, you know, I, I think I think Deontay Johnson is his favorite receiver. I think he is the number one receiver actually on this team. I think the targets last year during a full season um, of of Ben healthy will will prove that. Um, I think his game against the Packers on Sunday also helped prove that. And I'm with you. I think Juju is a is a bona fide number two, and there's nothing wrong with that, right? I don't think he gets criticized for that. Um, but you know, Juju never came out and said, "Hey, listen, I'm the best receiver in the league. I'm the number one. I want 20 million a year. I want paid like." Devontae Adams is going to get paid. No, he never, he never said that. So, you know, there's nothing wrong with being a good number two wide receiver, which he certainly is. And, and Chase Claypool, obviously, is, is still young and growing into his talent and has a lot of potential moving forward. And I think he has a chance to be a number one receiver next to Deontay Johnson in the future. 
And I really like James Washington, too. I've been tweeting a lot about him recently. I'm not sure why he doesn't get more run. Every time the ball is thrown at him, he makes a play on it, it yes. seems, whether it was Duck Hodges, Mason Rudolph, Ben Roethlisberger in the past. If, you know, you just put on his tape and watch any time he's been targeted over the last handful of years, his hands usually, you know, find a way to come down with the football. There's something to be said for that. So there's just, you know, there, there are some little things that Matt Canada needs to correct, right, whether it's it's it getting more – getting James Washington more involved, getting Pat Fryermuth more involved in the middle of the field, the, tight, the rookie tight end out of Penn State just looked good in his limited opportunities, um, getting Anthony McFarland, the backup running back, healthy and, and subbing out Benny Snow because he hasn't provided you much and you're going to get Najee Harris killed if you continue to play him. Yeah, especially behind that line. And behind that offensive line, you're exactly right. So it's a combination of, of a lot of little things, right? But that, that's football. That's the NFL. If, if you're not clicking 100%, right, if you have little parts that are off and missing, well, generally it's going to result in losses, and that's what we're seeing. Right. With that, it's like, okay, it, it just frustrates fans, and I ain't going to lie. I'm not pushed in panic mode, but I am worried and I am concerned, you know, because yeah. I would never thought, like, in all my years, I will see, you know, Ben Roethlisberger or this offense looked this bad. Not even the years of the early 2000s when Ben pretty much had no choice but to be backyard Ben because that's the only way he made it this far. But personally, I just think that what really is going on, they're lacking physicality. They're not being as aggressive as they should be because obviously you've seen a little more when the running game was able to get open after, you know, the play action call, the no huddles, play calling, things like that. You've seen the offensive line gain more confidence as they saw the ball moving. And honestly, I think that the O-line protects better when they're in that formation. Because I did not see when they ran not one no huddle play from last year to now when they actually ran it and they went play action that... I ain't see Ben Roethlisberger get sacked or get touched that game. I actually saw Ben Roethlisberger feel more like himself. Not only did I see it in his face, but I seen it in the receiver's face. The fans were happy. The offensive line were happy. Najee was happy, you know, and it gave and it allowed and it stretched the defenses out and it allowed more room to be open for him. So with all of this being said, don't do you think like they should just strictly go play action no huddle or should they make some short passes with the play action no huddle and go from there? Like, I've always what been you a think fan of the no huddle. Recipe? Yeah, I, every time it seems like they've gone into the no huddle in recent years, it feels like Ben has been really good. It feels like he kind of thrives off of getting a, a defense on their heels, being able to uh, you know adjust plays on the fly, essentially be his own offensive coordinator. Right. I mean, that's kind of what happened a lot of times last year, um, because obviously the offense coordinator, Randy Feekner, was not beloved around here by any means. And, you know, apparently he wasn't either in the Steelers organization because they got rid of him and and hired Matt Canada. So, um, you know, it happened last year when Feekner was struggling. I've said Canada is struggling. So I I put it more on the 39 year old shoulders to kind of draw it up in the sand. Like they say, call his own place on the line of scrimmage, work that no huddle. you know, a, a, an example of it last weekend was that fourth down play where they threw it in the flat to Najee Harris again. That play came after a timeout. A lot of people don't remember that. That yeah. play came after a 
what you would assume was a lengthy discussion between Matt Canada and Ben Roethlisberger because you're drawing up a play that you think is going to be successful. That's generally when you find your best play in the playbook, right? Um, and it was the same play they used against the Bengals the week before that that wasn't even close, and obviously it didn't get them close to first down yardage. So I think Ben probably is losing faith in Matt Canada at this point. How could you not? So right. if you're Ben, right, and you're in your last season, you know this is your swan song, you kind of just got to say, you know, screw it. I'm, I'm doing my own thing. I'm doing what's best for the team uh, to, try, to try and win football games, and I'm going to draw it up in the sand and just kind of go from there. So I'm in favor of the no huddle. I think Ben's in favor of the no huddle. Play action makes me a little more nervous because uh, the offensive line, uh, you know, they would have to hold up for a little bit longer, and they haven't really shown the ability to do that much, that's for sure. Um, so, I, you know, I, I think both of those can certainly be utilized in some form or fashion to help him, but I would favor the no huddle. Also, yeah. I think you should be the offensive coordinator. If you, if you don't have anything to do or you're looking for a new job, and Matt Canada gets fired. I think I think you need they need to hire you because you have better ideas in Canada right now. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like you obviously see that there's. I'm looking at you know a little of lack of respect is towards Ben, not only from the fans, but it seemed like from Matt Canada as well. Because here's the here's the thing: Tom Brady calls his own place. Aaron Rodgers calls his own place. Russell Wilson calls his own place. You know, many of Matthew Stafford calls his own place, and he just got to LA. So it's clear as day that, you know, when you're the franchise quarterback, and obviously Matt Canada may be in the booth and he's seeing everything, but then you're right there on the field. Like, they're right in front of you. So, you know. You can see like more of what's going on than Matt Canada does, and Ben was doing that, you know, a couple of times that game. Like he was pointing out the linebacker blitzing, he was pointing out like, you know, telling his offensive line, "Hey, this is here, this is here, this is here. Be careful, look out for that one back there." Things like that, telling his wide receivers, you know, what to do. With that being said, and you see all of that, I yeah. believe that personally, this would just be the time where Ben Roethlisberger just need to be Ben. And he needs to show leadership and just take over the game. Because one thing that you pay your franchise quarterback to do, especially a guy you've been to three Super Bowls with and won two, you never had a losing record season since 2004, the AFC North Division, exception of maybe like five years out of like 18, has been the pro Roethlisberger takeover, is what I call it. Because he's pretty much been the kryptonite of all quarterbacks that came and gone. If you're someone like him, like, don't you think it'll be time to take over and be like, listen, my defense believes in me because they do. They backed Ben up more than I think anyone has. And you're Deontay Johnson, who obviously shown from Instagram posts, Twitter posts, things of that nature. You see Steeler alumni. Everyone pretty much but Ryan Clark and I Taylor is backing Ben up. We haven't really right. heard much from Troy except for last year when he was asked, is he surprised to see Ben playing the way he did coming off a catastrophic elbow surgery? Troy said, no, he's not. This is who's been always been. Vince Williams pretty much said the same thing the last week on Twitter. So did Nate Washington, things of that nature. So when you see all of this, you see all your alumni, pretty much everyone but Ike Taylor and Ryan Clark believe in you. 
And you also see that your current teammates believe in you, your current defense. That's how you know you're that guy, you know? Because obviously, even if Ben would have not shown any decline, we pretty much already know how it always went. No matter how great Ben played, the defense always gets credit because the star power was always within them, you know? And you're the yeah, and you're the wide receivers, and they believe in Ben. Juju believes in Ben. Juju, see what fans don't understand. Juju, you only seen Juju this year. Juju's only came back to Pittsburgh because of Ben. Claypool believes in Ben. He was actually celebrating on Instagram when Ben threw his four hundred touchdown. You know, he was just so fired up, so pumped up. He actually posted recently saying he can't wait to get back on the field because what he saw. So I believe that, you know, the pass that Deontay got, I believe personally Claypool would prefer to get some of those passes because he's eligible to catch them. And then James Washington believes in Ben. Najee obviously believes in Ben. So it's like... Don't you think like this will be the perfect time now for Ben to take over and to show what he's really made of and to show people why he's a future Hall of Famer and why he's a two-time Super Bowl champion, why he's just, or why he's still that guy? Don't you think like this will be the, do you think like this will be the perfect time to set that up and basically to have the Roethlisberger take over? Yeah, everybody likes a hero story, right? Everybody likes a, and, and you know, Last year was the reverse of it. Last year, you you start off, you know, ten and one, and you falter down the stretch, and and you know nobody remembers all the good that you created. This year, you have the chance to do the exact opposite, right? Yeah, you can have a hero story, a, a ride off into the sunset story, like I said before. You know, you start poorly, and you have a chance with, you know, fourteen games remaining on the schedule. I'm sorry, thirteen games remaining on the schedule to turn this thing around and you know potentially make a push towards the playoffs and then and then have people say oh my gosh the Pittsburgh Steelers are a wild card team I don't want the Pittsburgh Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger coming to my building in the first round of the playoffs I just don't I don't want the, I wouldn't know. want them period because that's yeah, exactly. the only quarterback who who's because here's a fun fact that's the only quarterback who in this league whether he's a top two seed or bottom two seed well car seed or a seed where you get the bye week People don't know this, but Ben Roethlisberger is the only quarterback who has won multiple championships in the past 20 years, whether as a wild card seed or a, you know, a top seed. So with, when you think about that and you see that he's coming with a great defense, he's been to all three trips of his Super Bowls with a great defense. You wouldn't, you wouldn't want this team here. And I think that's why everybody's trying to mentally play with Roethlisberger's head because they know what he's capable of doing, especially with a top-tier defense. He, they know that if that offensive line even gets even decent, they don't even got to be elite. They just got to be decent or averaged. And I don't think that's a hard task to do for an offensive line. What people are asking the O-line to do right now is to be elite. Pittsburgh doesn't need an elite offensive line with a great running back like Najee Harris. They just need the O-line, a basic O-line that can hold up. What the frustration is, is like this offensive line so far, even though it's only been four weeks, but this offensive line so far was not able to do either one. So if this offensive line can hold up and give Ben some time to, you know, give Ben more time to throw the ball deep, wide receivers just get their... I don't know, put glue on your hands and have the football <laughs> catch, things like that. And then the secondary get more aggressive with tackling. This could be a great team that, you know, many will fear. Because 
and I may have been a little crazy when I said this. I'm not, I'm still going to keep that belief in the back of my head until these final two weeks before their bye week. I said that yeah. if they stay healthy and the offensive line kicks up and the offense even plays even average to good or maybe decent to good, it will be the Steelers, not the Bills, not the Browns, not the Ravens, but the Steelers that will dethrone the Chiefs because of their defense. You need a defense that can, that you know that is capable of creating pressure on Patrick Mahomes, keeping him pretty much neutralized, like keeping him the opposite of what he really is. Because Patrick Mahomes, you could say, is a more mobile in-pocket quarterback. But when he can't move, when he can't do much, it frustrates him. I think, like, the Steelers has the defense when they're healthy to keep to do that. And the Chiefs' defense so far has been pretty questionable. And that's what people call this concern. So I said, maybe, you know, not the Bills, not the Ravens, not the, the Browns, but the Steelers, if they stay healthy, will dethrone the Chiefs you know, and be the team to finish on top in the AFC. Yeah, and it all sounds, you know, a, a bit far-fetched right now, but who's to say it can't happen, right? I mean, the reverse happened last year. They they started so well and ended um, very poorly. So so maybe they start poorly this year and end and, and well. Uh, that That's all you can hope for right now at this point. But rarely does a 39-year-old quarterback get better throughout the season. But you never know. If his young offensive line gets better and – his running, you know, game improves. He can absolutely get better. I think this team, um, you know, can do at least a little bit in terms of, of restoring some uh, some good faith around the city. Yeah, because people are saying that the Steelers should have drafted a quarterback back then. Like, when they drafted Mason Rudolph, you had Greedy Williams, who had Ronnie Harrison on the board, because back then the secondary was holding you back, not the right. offense. And you had people like that. It to me, it was personally a mistake to get Mason Rudolph, especially with Ben Roethlisberger telling you he was coming back that year and he pulled off his best season statistically. I think if they would have had a better secondary, they would have definitely won the AFC North Division. They would have definitely, you know, finished off hot. They would have probably been a top seed in the AFC, things of that nature. So, I got to ask. Where what would be your mentality coming into this game against Denver at home, and then you're on Sunday night against the Seahawks, which I would be in attendance in. Um, oh, cool! Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna be there at that game. Say, you know what? If I'm gonna pick a game, I want a night game in Pittsburgh. I want to yeah. see how these guys play at night. And That's gonna be awesome. Yeah, and get to see Russell Wilson. I mean, what a what a great game that'll be. And they're uh, even having it rough right now. So it's like, yeah. it's rough around the edges. The Broncos, you know, not having Teddy Bridgewater, possibly. He's he's probably coming back. I won't I won't rule that out because, you know, a concussion could take time to heal. You can heal like a concussion in two days, three days. And he's had about a week. So you never know. But obviously I have faith in them beating Denver. I had faith in them beating Seattle coming into this year. I actually said, you know what? That's going to be the one-night game we're going to win. You know, I think that's going to be the game where they're going to circle and be like, nope, not this time. You're not beating us this time. You we, you got us in Seattle in 2014, I believe it was, 2015. You got us. 
<laughs> you, you got us when Ben went down. You're not getting us this time. We're going to get you, Russell Wilson. We're going to get you, Jamal Adams. We're going to get you, Bobby Wagner. We're going to get you guys. Love it. We're going to have a it all starts with a win over Denver, really, you know, yeah. because if, if they if they lose at home and fall to one and four, that Seattle game becomes so much more insignificant. I've actually heard that they, you know, it is, it, you know, and I don't want to rain on your parade, uh, Shay, but I've actually heard that NBC can flex out of that game potentially. I don't think they would. They could. They could. I hope take not. another <laughs> game if the Steelers are one and four. Uh, or if the Seahawks I, I, go they two could. and three. Right, and just based on interest, right? But, I mean, it's still the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're still one of the most watched teams right. in all of football, uh, or in the world in sports, really. So I'd be surprised if they did it this early in the season. I could see them flexing out of the Chargers game in a few weeks after that. That's a Sunday night game if the Steelers still stink. But, you know, <laughs> I, it, it all starts with beating Denver. If you beat Denver, you, you make that Seattle game that much more. Definitely. Um, you know, exciting, and, and a lot of people would be looking forward to it. And you know, I feel like both are must wins. I really do. We asked Chris Wormley that on, on his show uh, on Tuesday, and he said it's not a must win. I mean, for us, uh, you know, we take it one game at a time. We still have 13 games left, so you know, there are no must wins until we're eliminated from the playoffs. I get that. Yeah, that's that sounds good. It's player speed, but you can't fold a one and four in this league, in you this division. Can. Everybody's three and one right now. They Especially. have to beat the Broncos, and then that Seattle game will be a ton of fun. Right. You know what's funny? This team was zero and four at one point and made the playoffs. So you you never know. Exactly. Um, that's that's why I'm like, you know what? Let me not push because I'm like, whoa, we just we're one and three right now. We're at the bottom of this division, but the Bengals who were considered to be at the bottom is at the first right now. Cleveland's not looking at shape. You know, I ain't gonna lie. If I can add a candidate to defensive player of the year, obviously TJ, obviously Aaron Donald will always be in the mix as long as they're in the league and they're healthy. There's no question there. But can we start adding Miles Garrett in the mix? Because let's yeah. face facts, he is carrying that Browns defense right now. And I think for MVP, I think Nick Chubb got to gotta go up in there too. For I like MVP. Nick Chubb. He's yeah, so I, good. The I Browns like roster is so talented. It really is. Outside of Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Uh, the the, I'm the not, roster is so deep and so good. Yeah. Uh, I think like what just might cost the Browns the AFC North division will be the wide receivers and would be Baker Mayfield, you know, because I think it's at the point offensively they are relying on Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt a little too long, a little too much, right. and Baker's not making the best decisions when it comes to throwing passes like everyone's poking fun of Ben but if you put Ben Roethlisberger behind that offense you want to cry about the days of Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell and those guys you would definitely have something to cry for then if he was a Cleveland Brown which I would puke if that was to ever happen because <laughs> then I would have no choice like I would still be a Steeler fan but I would be rooting for the Cleveland Browns because of him you know what I mean but Cause I can't root against Ben. Like my heart in me can't. Like if he was to go to another team, say if he was to pull a Tom Brady and go to another team, go south, go to another team, and then they end up kicking up, and then they play the Steelers. You know that'll be a game I'll just shut up and and just enjoy. Cause I'll see that as like a win-win situation. You know my all-time favorite QB going against my favorite football team. There's really nothing much you can do about that. 
But right, right. I actually have a great feeling this team's gonna finish three and three. If there's no more injuries that happen and they don't deviate from what works, which you and I pretty much clarified on this podcast mm-hmm. at this moment, what works. No huddle, play action, deep passes. No, you can't keep constantly going deep. I understand that. But it opens up the running game. It shapes up your offensive line. You don't see as many deficiencies as you've seen in the short passes because, to me, that bubble screen crap is not going to work with any quarterback in the NFL. And you could say a mobile quarterback, but what many don't know, mobile quarterbacks don't really win championships like that. They don't really last as long in this league. So yeah. it's like you can't say, and then they say like the young Big Ben. If you watch footage of the young Big Ben, backyard Ben, the reason why the Steelers drafted him is the same reason why they drafted Tommy Maddox because they fit that old school backyard football style, the Pittsburgh Steelers. They fit that smash mouth. That's what made the Steelers the Steelers. Organizations like them organizations like the Cowboys, organizations like the Raiders, people like that was built off of old-school smash-mouth football. They're not running from you. They're not hiding from you. They're coming dead at you. They're punching you dead in the mouth. That's where I think went wrong with Pittsburgh. The no-huddle play action to me, they're sending their wide receivers. They're sending their tight ends, who I think should get a lot more playing time. Pat Fryer move definitely should be getting more playing time. They got to find more ways to use him and Ebron. Um, I actually like the Ebron last game. I think if he keeps, you know, catching passes the way he was, he will, He should be more involved. And I think partially what Ebron drops are is that he's not involved in the offense as the tight end should be. Because look at Kansas City. You don't ever right. see a passing game where Travis Kelsey – or Travis Kels, correct me, Travis Kels is not involved. And then you definitely would never see in the Tom Brady offense where Rob Gronkowski or many don't like this name, but Aaron Hernandez wasn't involved. And then, you know, look at the 49ers. George Kittle is always involved. So it's like Heath Miller was always involved back, back in the day with the Steelers. So what I think what really went wrong is that they don't use their fullback, Derek Watt, who I think could be one of the league's best if he's given the opportunity to. And Pat Fryermove, who Ben even said reminds him a lot of Heath Miller, which frustrates fans of why he's not being used to the extent he should be used to. So I think, like, if they don't deviate from what works, keep doing what works and keep pushing, keep fighting. Defense gets back to what they normally are. Cause I think like yes the green the game against Green Bay was the game where they pretty much was was the first game like they all were on the field. Everybody but Tyson Alu, who's obviously done for the season. If things, you know, if some miracle doesn't happen where he's where he's eligible to play because Terrell Suggs at one point was done for the season and then he turns back around and now all of a sudden you see you saw him in the postseason Ray Lewis last run so you never know this this just might be a setup where it's like fans are gonna like other team fans just might complain because they'll be they'll be having their boo-hoo stories of how Ben Roethlisberger always has a defense and things of that nature I'm I'm not 
okay, I'm worried, I'm concerned, but I'm not losing faith. I you can't lose faith in the Steelers with your Steelers fan because you they're them. You know, they're them. Right. And it's like if there's one head coach besides Belichick, McVay, um, Pete Carroll, that Bruce Harris, you know, not many other coaches that can turn their teams around and make them legitimate threats once again. It's Mike Tomlin in the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know what I mean? So yep. it's like this team could finish off three and three. I'm just glad that they're only two games behind. I prefer them to be none, but they're only two games behind. Cleveland got a tough game this week against the Chargers, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yes, they I'm, do. I'm not sure who the Ravens and the Bengals play just yet. I Those games didn't come off the top of my head. But the Steelers got the Broncos. So, you know, you never know. Cleveland can lose that game. Pittsburgh can win. Pittsburgh can beat Seattle. Whoever the Browns play next week, they can lose, and the Steelers can get back into the triple threat. You don't know what's going to go on with the Ravens. The Bengals, depend on who they play, they can probably fall. You know? This, 100%. I wouldn't be surprised, right? Because with all the talent, you still see too many deficiencies in Cleveland. The Ravens obviously don't have their running backs for the year, so they will have a legitimate excuse where they say it's pretty much Lamar by himself with Hollywood Brown. With that being said, I wouldn't be surprised if the AFC North division is determined between the Steelers and the Cincinnati Bengals come November, December. I wow, wouldn't be surprised. I, 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 I wouldn't be surprised prediction. because you can't sleep on the Bengals right now. This team just pretty much woke everyone up. They're 3-1 and one right now. People had them starting off this year 0-4. And, four. and right. the Browns are not looking that good. The Ravens, yeah, they're looking okay. But that running, trust me, Steelers will tell you this. That running game, that lack of running game is going to haunt you. Because you're, there's going to be some tough teams this year where you're going to need to run the ball. And if you can and you have to keep putting it all on Lamar, it's going to come back to haunt you. But I would never sleep on the Ravens. I wouldn't be surprised if the Ravens are crowned the champions this year because they're them. You know, you just can't. Something's just telling me that the AFC North champions this year would not be the Cleveland Browns. So it's like, how do you feel about the Steelers? Like, what is, this will pretty much be the last question of this. Mm-hmm. I, um, yeah, I, I think you're right. The division is tough. Um, but it's always you know, been tough, though. You know, it's, it's, always, it's, been tough. it's always been tough. Yeah. And, and, I mean, they're not in a good spot. Uh, that's obvious. They're, they're two games back of everybody, as we currently sit, but we're only four games in. So, you know, it starts with a one-game-at-a-time mentality. If, if they can beat the Broncos, like you said, they they control their own fate still at the end of the day. They have you know, five games left against the AFC North. They still play one more game against the Bengals, two against the Browns, two against the Ravens. So, you know, technically, if they were to win those football games, they'd be right there, right at the end of the day. They would have a chance of winning the division. Do I think they will at this point? Um, I, I think it's unlikely just based on the poor start. I do think yeah. they have an outside chance at a wild card. I really do. I think a 9-18 and 18 can win, uh, yeah. can secure a wild card berth in the AFC Conference this season. Um, I, you know, whether that means anything for their Super Bowl hopes, I'm not sure, but I've always said this. If you get in the dance, you have a chance, right? 
Um, if you get in the playoffs, you have a chance to win the Super Bowl. The Steelers have been there as a sixth seed and won the Super Bowl. They've also been there as a sixth seed and lost uh, to Aaron Rodgers' led Packers team as well. I'm sorry, excuse me, it was a reverse that season. Aaron Rodgers was a sixth seed and they, and they beat the Steelers. But the Steelers have done it as, as the last seed to sneak into the playoffs. You know, you kind of have a little house money on your side. You and know, they have seven seeds now way. to get in. And exactly. Now, if you're the seventh seed, who knows? Like we talked about before, it's a great place to end it. If you're a team, like a top team, the second seed or third seed, and you're the Chiefs or Bills, do you really want to see the Pittsburgh Steelers come into your place in week one of the playoffs? I don't think so. And, and ultimately, is it going to take a lot to get there? Of course. Are you know, they you know, not expected to get there? Uh, absolutely not. But do they have the parts to get there? They do. So I'm with you. Right. You know... I, it's like you. I think you pretty much just hit it on the nail. Pretty, it's like okay. When you think about this, do the Steelers even need to win the AFC North this division to be the last souls in this division standing? Do they really need to? Like people trying right. to say, okay, let's win the AFC North division. That'll make a statement. Pittsburgh's won a division how many times out of the past ten years and only won three playoff games. Maybe they don't need to win the AFC North division. Maybe they just only okay. You, I think if the Steelers get any seed in that playoffs, you better look out because they're the only team with the experience to either okay. We can either get here from the wild card, come in y'all turfs, beat you guys up in your home turf, and send you home packing, or you could come to us and we can do the same exact thing, beat you up and send you packing. When you have a team like that and they get in, you know red hot around the right time which honestly i wouldn't be surprised if they get red hot either this week or next week against seattle right this could be a team that you know the last thing you want the steelers to do well i would because i'm a fan you obviously would i believe you're a fan you're you know a pittsburgh native things like that you want this team to get three and three get healthy on the bye week come back going to cleveland and, you know, could pick up where they left off. Oh, absolutely, I do. And, you know, it's it makes everybody's lives better. You know, for somebody like us who talk about the Steelers weekly, it makes it makes things easier for us and more joyful for us, right, to be able to talk about a team that's playing well and doing well. So, yeah, of course, I'm rooting for it to happen. I think it'll happen this week. I really do think they're going to beat the Broncos at home to get to two and three. Uh, if right now, if I had to pick the Seattle game that you're going to, I would not pick them to win that game. I think what I saw against Russell Wilson in Heinz Field a few years ago, um, you know, would sway me in Seattle's favor. But you just never know. A couple bounces of football in your way, and you got a shot to be 3-3, three and three, and then we're at the bye week, and the narrative has completely changed. So I'm with you. Go Steelers, and, uh, and thanks so much for having me on the podcast. Thank Check. you so much. Um, hope to have you again. Have a nice day. Thank you, Mike, for taking the time out. I think me and many others will appreciate this moment. Have a nice day. Thank you, Shay. You too. Mike Palm Podcast. Listen <laughs> to it, everybody. It's great. Thank, Thank you, you, Shay. I appreciate it. It's been fun. I'll, uh, I'll retweet it whenever you have it ready. Uh, no rush, I know. But um, being in the podcast game, I know it takes some uploading and some editing and stuff. So uh, thank you for having me. No problem. Have a nice day. All right. See you, Michelle. See ya. Welcome to the Mike Bomb Podcast, the podcast where the bombs get thrown. Thank you for tuning in to the latest episode. This is your host, May Shayla, exiting out. But before I do, 
I would like to take the time to thank everyone who has subscribed, follow, and listened to the podcast and for your overall support and love. If you are interested in getting more news and updates about the podcast, such as new episodes, new seasons, you can now subscribe and follow the podcast on your favorite platforms, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Pandora Radio, Google Podcasts, and much more. Or you can visit www.themikebomb.com for news updates within your favorite sport leagues, along with more news about the podcast. Thank you for your support and see you next episode. This is my day, this is my night, this is my pain, this is my life, this is what I was born to do, I was born to do, every new day.